Combo Nation, we're here, man. Don't forget to rate, review, punch down on that, subscribe. But in today's show is brought to you by Manscaped. And the star of the show is that lawnmower 4.0. For all your grooming needs, go to manscaped.com. Put in that discount code combo for 20% off and free shipping. You will not be disappointed. Manscaped.com, discount code combo. Today's show is a recording from the Athlete's Journey podcast hosted by Travis Reed. Just a fantastic conversation with Travis. I shared my story on this one. Hope you all enjoy it. Let's get into it. Everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Athlete's Journey today. Uh, I have a special guest, somebody who is uh, all, you know, my, one of my network partners, uh, okay. network partners, somebody who's a good person I just recently met in Vegas, uh, had a blast with him, had a great talk, and after that, realized that he was a ex, ex-hooper and wanted to get him on the show. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, Andrew, man. Uh Say hello to the people. <laughs> What's up, people? Thanks so much for having me on, Travis. Man, it was great uh, talking to you on that rooftop. I didn't realize how high it was until you told me how high it was, and then I'm like, <laughs> "Damn, this is high!" And then I got the feeling in my stomach. So, <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's crazy how the mind works. Like I was fine until you said something. Then I wasn't fine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you noticed. I was like inching towards back towards the room. I'm like, yeah, this kind of high. Oh high. no, I stayed there. I didn't even <laughs> go nowhere near the balcony thing. Uh, at you know at, at the Cosmo Cosmopolitan. Yeah. I was like, uh, let me take a picture from right by the window. Right. I don't even want to like trip and fall and mess. You know, like just do something you know crazy. So for me, um. You know, like it was just a great, you know, great experience. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I tell people like, I'm afraid of heights, even though yeah. I like roller coasters, which is that's, ironic. That, that's interesting. That's well, shout <laughs> yeah. To, shouts to Jared at Close Up 360. Great event. Yeah, cool shout event. out to yeah, yeah, yeah Close yeah. Up, and uh, obviously my boy uh, Shmir, you know, from uh, Soul Pack. You know what I'm saying? So, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he's the one that invited me, so. Okay. Um, definitely, like I said, had a blast. You know, I got got a, got a chance to meet people like such as yourself, so it was yeah. cool. You know, had a good yeah. time. So, um, and now, like, like now, he's on the East Coast. People, I'm on the West Coast. So eventually, we got to meet in Vegas again or something and, like that, and maybe do it in person. Do an in person pod. You know? Yeah, like exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, we can uh, he can come. You know, I'll, I'll go to New York because I always wanted to go to New York anyway. Or he could come to Cali because I know Cali. He knows Cali was the best place in the world. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, second <laughs> to New York. <laughs> nah, I got you. I got you. Well, we gonna get right into it, Andrew. Man, uh, how did your uh, journey uh, basketball start? Well, growing up in Riverdale in the Bronx, it's a Jewish community within the Bronx. So, um, yeah, it was great, man. Like childhood was great. Just grew up playing in the parks. And then as I got older, you know, and better started um, traveling to different parts of the city, playing in tournaments, just like it wasn't too different than most hoopers from New York in that regard. You know, you, you start to play in your area in the parks, 
Um, that was before social media. So you kind of only knew who was in your area and you wanted to venture out to see new competition, right. To play against better players. And I just kept doing that. And over the years, it just evolved. And um, yeah, that's pretty much how I grew up. And basketball was life for me, bro. And it, it still is in a lot of ways. You know, I have a son now and a family, so it's a little different. But basketball was everything to me from the age of seven and on. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Were you interested yeah. in any other sports growing up? I played baseball. I played soccer. I did some karate, but I didn't have the interest like I did in basketball. You know, basketball mm-hmm. was my passion. Okay. That makes sense. Growing up, did you play like an AAU team or how, how was that? So, yeah, I played in a team called LPAC. And then the other one you probably heard of, I actually, instead of playing high school ball my senior year, I played with Riverside Church in the winter. Oh, which was an of course. A- yeah. Yeah. So I played with them in the winter, which was kind of interesting because we played in like all the city tournaments and stuff like that. Didn't really didn't do a senior year of high school basketball. Just from all the moving around, I guess we could get into that. All the moving around from high school to high school, I was doing for basketball reasons. So yeah, Riverside Church and LPAC were the two teams I played AU with. And it was a great experience, man, you know, for sure. Okay. Yeah, no, when I played Riverside Church, it was, uh, you know, Elton Brand, Ron Artest, and Lamar Odom on the team. So yeah, so Elton Brand was actually the owner of my first ABA team, so... Uh, That's a connection right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. uh, No, he's a great. Shouts to Elton. He kept the checks coming for that. (laughs) No, he's a good dude. I've been playing against him since I was like 14 years old. So like they, I was like, I didn't even realize obviously that they all become what they became. But I was like, man, these niggas from the Riverside Church team is awesome. We got three NBA dudes on the team. You know what I'm saying? Eric Barkley, they had a squad, you know. Yeah, um, I think they had years with like probably like six, seven, eight players who eventually played in the NBA, right? Like they used to have squads. Yeah, they were always good. That meant Gauchos around that time and even a little, little bit before me, those are the two pro- like prosperous teams, you know, like teams that got everybody. They got everybody. No, that's so kind of like that's I feel like with California, it was so many of us, especially in my year, 1997. Uh, they had to split us up like in like three teams, you know. Uh, like one team I have in this guy named Shea Cotton, you know, Kenny Bruner, you know, yeah. Jason Jaron Collins and, or Jason Collins. And we will have Jaron Collins that we would split brothers up. Like we would have one brother on one team, one brother on our team. It was yeah. myself, Tayshawn Prince, Baron Davis, you know. So like, you know, we end up beating the Gaucho. I mean, Riverside Church with Elton and Ron Artest my senior yeah. year going into college. You know, that was like, if you want to say my coming out, you know, like uh, that put me in the upper echelon of players in high school. So, yeah, now that's cool, man. So go, going a little bit back, you said you moved around a lot for basketball in uh, in high school. Uh, why was that? I just wanted to get in better basketball situations. My mm-hmm. first basketball situation, like in middle school, it wasn't the greatest place for basketball. Like I was averaging a lot of points. It's actually before I grew, I was like five, eight, but it I just wanted to, you know, venture out and play in more competitive atmospheres. And then over the years, it was just, you know, different reasons moving around, wanting to get in a better situation. So I bounced, I definitely bounced around not only in high school, but overseas as well. So I guess I'm a, a lifelong journeyman. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I said, I you speaking to a person that went to three different high schools growing up. So yeah. I understand. And I, I completely understand that. I mean, my when my parents divorced, I live with my dad. So we was okay. like, well, we're here. Nope, nope, we're not here. Nope, nope. Okay, now we're here. Now yeah. you're here for the last two years kind of thing. So, like, yeah. I, I, trust me, I get it. I get it. 
Yeah. So, it, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you got it. You got it. Okay, yeah. So obviously you're bouncing around, and the crazy thing is the fact that you didn't play your senior year in 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 high school, and you still got a scholarship to go to college. That's a, you know, that's that's a, that's a well. What I had to do was go to JUCO. And mm. then at JUCO, I was an all-region player. That went really well. I actually went to Vegas one year when I was at JUCO. And that was fun. I was like only like 18. Um, so I had a bunch of scholarships coming out. Um, you know, a lot of D1 looks, D2 scholarships. But, you know, the rule was that, and my focus was, maybe this is probably the wrong focus. Like I'm doing D1 or nothing else. But since I wasn't a qualifier out of high school, you had to graduate from JUCO. And... So a bunch of D2s wanted to sign me. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I want to play pro. So then I started playing in the ABA and stuff like that. So oh. in a way, in a way, I had I actually do think I I signed a scholarship, but I never end up matriculating. Mm. Um, so I played ABA for that team that I mentioned with Elton Brand. I went right from like JUCO to playing Pro Bowl. Oh wow! See that? Yeah, that's a heck of a thing. Just because, like, how many JUCO people actually get to play in the pros? You know, like go and not only that, go straight to the pros from. Well, JUCO. I get. I guess we could say um, to the league, league like Sean Kemp, right? Um, Kenny Williams, who played with me overseas. I don't know if you remember him with the Pacers. I, I remember him. I heard yeah. him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he played with me, and he did JUCO first. I think there's a couple. Of, I mean, Steve, oh, Steve Francis went to Maryland, obviously, but there's a bunch of Ju, JUCO guys. But you're right; most, for the most part, they go to, um, you know, four year after JUCO. at least for a year, at least for like, a year. But like yeah. Sean Kemp, you think of a straight out of high school guy, but I do think he he definitely matriculated to a JUCO. Yeah, he did. He that. did. He, he went to yeah. a JUCO for a minute, and uh, Steve Jackson. You know, he that, went to. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause he was uh, supposed to go to Arizona, yeah. uh, but then didn't qualify with Juco for like, you know, a year and then went straight to the NBA. So yeah, he, got, he got a crazy journey because I think he was playing in like Brazil before the NBA or something. I don't know. Yeah. Know. Like, yeah. He was, yeah. His, his journey is crazy. Like, I just remember him because uh, he was obviously a McDonald's All American, you know, out of Texas. Uh, yeah, I played. Yeah. I played against him in this, you know, NIT like national invitational tournament, and he was a, going to be a senior. And he was one of those guys. I was like, oh, oh, this dude is like, you know, one of the top guards in the country, you know. And obviously, that was with Kobe, uh, Corey Benjamin, you know, to you know from California, just like a bunch of dudes. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Now I do. I do want to rewind a little bit back to high school. Obviously, going to you know a lot of high school. Did you have a a most memorable moment in high school? I think 11th grade year in prep school just was the time when I grew. So I really took advantage of that. I went from like 5'10 to like 6'3, 6'4. Oh, wow. And, and that was memorable for me because I always just wanted to get to six feet. And now I'm like, <laughs> now I'm like 6'3, 6'4, and I still have the guard skills I had when I was 5'10. So right, 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 really right. putting in work that year and growing that year. And then coming back home from prep school and just like whoever tried to post me up in the past, I'm going to the parks and talking mad crap. And, <laughs> and like, I was just, I was just in my bag. Like, you know, I start, I, I started to dunk and stuff because I finally grew. Yeah. Right, um, right, 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 right. The athleticism got better. So I remember that mm. year being like really good for me and just like knowing, okay, I'm like six, three, six, four now. Like I can handle the ball. I still got my mm -hmm. guard skills. And I was just happy about that. Like I, I was proud of myself and I was, lucky to grow because i don't come from a tall family yeah <laughs> i feel you i feel you. <laughs> hey yeah I, for myself it's like uh i'm six eight or whatever yeah right 
and then my mom is five. You know, my mom is five eight or was five eight, and my dad's only six foot. So wow, that's yeah, crazy. No, yeah, no. If you see a picture of my family and me, it's like me here, and then my brother's five seven, and my sister's five eight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Same, same thing, bro. Like I'm a little shorter than you, but my family is small, man. There's nobody over six feet but me. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I was like, well, people say, how did you? I'm like, it ain't the mailman. He was five six. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. So since you didn't, you know, really go to college out of high school, um, what would be your biggest difference between like when you were in prep school and then going straight to the, uh, you know, the professional ranks? Well, I think actually the biggest jump was like prep school to Juco because, you know, I was playing division one Juco, a lot of good Juco players um, and all those guys like transferred to either D1 or D2. And I definitely noticed a difference. I'm like, Damn, Juco is kind of underrated. Like these guys could play. We were going out to Dixie State, and you see these like everybody's bigger, stronger, faster. Um, but it kind of like pushed me to get better. And I felt like it really improved my game playing at this level. And then I had a coach who had a crazy system. So I learned basketball, right? Being in a system. Growing up in New York City, it's almost like go, 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 play, play, play. It's basketball as at its essence. And obviously, you need some of that creativity, but College basketball really organized my game, if you will, and overseas organized my game even more where I have like, I feel like I have perspectives from so many different places, which makes my perspective on the game today unique in the way I could talk about it. So, yeah, it, all that was great. And it, it was a huge adjustment, though, like just bigger, faster, stronger from Juco and then another level with the size when I started playing pro. No, definitely, definitely. For, same here. I think, uh, you know, like I, that's why I was like when I went to UCLA or whatever, like it was just another level of like basketball it's like you're not like even there's no well also when you went to ucla there's no like scrubs right like yeah. in high school yeah. in high school like maybe the seventh eighth ninth man they're gonna be all right but when, when you're at ucla in practice like everybody could play and you're fighting for minutes you know what yeah I mean? no, no it was like you know you go from like being the guy yeah to being like the seventh man you know what i'm saying like because everybody was the guy if somebody was not only the guy, they were the guy guy, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when I went there, Baron Davis was Mr. Mr. Basketball, California. He was the number one point guard in the country, you know, going in. Jerry Henderson. That, that yeah. must have been that must have been different playing with prime athletic Baron. Yeah, this is uh free surgery. You know, he was super athletic. Um, he grew like you. He's exactly like how you were. He grew from like five seven to like six three. That's in like crazy. two years. In like two That's years. Crazy. Yeah. It was it was crazy after the ACL, the way he was still dunking on people. That dude that people don't even know. Like if him and Shaq were the only two people I've ever seen to this day that can play 20 pounds overweight, out of shape, and still dominate. Like yeah. he would come in and like just came off a Cancun trip, uh, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever, and like and then be like 25 pounds overweight and destroy. Pick up, you know. I'm like, yeah. damn, dude. Like, I, if I'm 15 pounds or 10 pounds, I'm like, my back is killing me. Like, he was still coming down, be dunking, you know, shooting threes, killing. Gifted. That's gifted. Gifted. Right super, 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 yeah. super duper duper gifted. You know, like so, like that was a, definitely a challenge. So, what would be, what would you say? Like, I know you said like the bigger, the you know, the bigger, stronger, faster from JUCO from high school. What was the uh, hardest thing, like, you know, making that adjustment from in Juco to, uh, I mean, from from high school to Juco? Yeah, high school to Juco, it was definitely 
the you know the speed the athleticism the positional size there's no scrubs really anymore everybody could play as you said like a lot of the guys are the best player on their high school team yeah. they played against all even at juco because juco was d1 talent it's just the guys didn't have grades yeah yeah, so, yeah i was good so so you know it was a lot of that and i got to travel to different you know you don't back then you didn't see everything on social media so i realized how many players were really out there and this is the juco level imagine like there's d1 d2 all that stuff so i just kind of got to see like the broad spectrum of talent and um adjusted my game and i got a lot better because when you play Mm -hmm. with people that are better and you play with a coach that gives you a system even though sometimes it was annoying when we had to swing the ball Three times from, you know, like, bro, I could just get a bucket now. Why are we doing that? <laughs> but in hindsight, I understand why, because, you know, I had to organize my game a little bit and my teammates had to organize their game a little bit. And you have to play within a team construct, as you know. No, no, of course. Like, I always tell anybody, if I was a coach, like, the play is to get you open and shoot. The play isn't just to run the play. So if you have a yeah. free layup, take yeah, it. Man. <laughs> you know yeah, but in pra- like practice, like in the game, you could do a little bit more, right? Like you could be a little more creative. He was yeah. very rigid, but practice was like they would not let you play, bro. Like you no, 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 no. They, you you got to run the play. Yeah, and then the defense knows you're running the play. You can't really like they're just waiting for you. Can't make them pay. So it's like you, you, they know you have to reverse it three times. Like, come on, man, like. <laughs> it's, you, you know you've you've been there bro you've been there yeah no i got you i got yeah. you you know what i'm saying <laughs> okay now you know you playing juco for like you said the the, the one year and you're playing against uh, i actually so i actually did three years the oh, third year the third the year between i had to redshirt because i tore my acl in the summer ah. oh okay okay yeah. so you did the three years now after your juco you know, yeah. well, let's go back to Juco right quick. What would be your biggest lesson that you learned from college? That's a great question. Wow. That is a great question. Wow. Um, Don't get so frustrated or happy by the day-to-day, right? Because mm-hmm. good things will happen, bad things will happen. But um, obviously, you know, my coach, as I said, is super strict. Rest in peace, Coach Nick. He actually passed away. Um, it was like, he was super tough on me, but you know, he was just trying to make me better at the end of the day. And I know it was tough. Like he was really, he was really tough, but I I wish I had more of an elevated perspective, if you will, not like so focused on this day, getting me frustrated. How is this helping me for the long term? You know? So I think that's, yeah, I think that's what it was like stay, not being too high, not getting too low, staying centered, I think is a lesson I could learn from Juco. No, no, definitely. I think, you know. Like you said, like you're in a young mindset, so we're always five feet ahead of us. Uh, yes, so we, yeah, hundred you know percent. Yeah, we every day, see. every day is like everything, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> this, is what it, this is what it is. Like, you got mm-hmm. you got yelled at by your coach. Like, that's all you see is right. In front yeah, of you. yeah, yeah. But you don't think about the body of work that you're putting in. You know, mm-hmm, automatically. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with you. No, what would you say your greatest triumph was in college and your greatest failure? I, I think just becoming oh failure. <sighs> It happened both, the, yeah, both. It happened in the same day. So, oh, okay. <laughs> we got. Um, I guess it wasn't a failure. We made the all region championship, and this guy named Garfield Johns, who's actually a coach at St. John's now, next to Patino, he had the game winner on me. Uh, was it on me? Yeah, it could have been on me. We'll say it's on me. It makes the story better. Um, <laughs> and I just broke down and cried because I wanted to go to the next, you know, phase, the district. 
But after that, they gave out the awards and I found out I was all region player. So it was failure. And then there were some individual accolades right after. So I was happy about that. And, you know, like I knew that level was a higher level than I ever played before. And to okay. get it all region, you know, accolades, it was it was dope, man. Like I was like, yeah, I came a long way. That's good. That's good. So, yeah. you know, like after after, you know, you you do, your, you know, you do your years at, at Juco, um, you turn pro, obviously. Yeah. Um, how was that process like? It was kind of like how you told me you felt after your overseas career was over. It's like, what am I going to do now? Because I knew I didn't want to play in college if it wasn't the level that I wanted to play at because of some academic restrictions, you know, it, it wasn't going to happen. Right. So, so I'm like, what am I going to do now? And I, I realized I had to get tape to play overseas. So the only way to do that was play in one of the minor leagues, like, you know, they had the ABA, the CBA, which those leagues were um, a little bit better before the D League was really developed and now into the G League. So those leagues were a little bit higher level. They might have paid a little bit more than they do now, even though it didn't pay great. Um, so I tried out for that, you know, ABA Westchester team that was owned by Elton Brand. Elton Brand started a team. The coach was actually Teresa Weatherspoon, who recently coached in the NBA. And I it was a tryout of like 400 people. So, you know, I made one of the 12. It was the, it's crazy because the trial was in my JUCO, so maybe I had wow. home court maybe I had home court advantage, you know. Four hundred uh, people try out. It was something like that, bro. It was crazy. I don't know if it was four hundred. You know, the sto- it's like the fish gets bigger and bigger. No, no, hey, hey, I, I feel <laughs> so, you. So, so, so maybe I'm juicing it a little bit, but there was a lot of people. Hey, there. the fact that it was three, if it was three hundred, you know, what I'm nah, saying like there, still, there. still a gang of people. There was a lot of people there, and I made the 12-man roster, and that was an accomplishment because I was getting paid to play basketball at that point, which is, a, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just a kid from Riverdale, you know, with a lot of dreams. So I'm like, okay, you know, this is a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. This is a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And, and it was great. A lot of interesting characters in the ABA. It's like Juco on, on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, look, I can tell you this. Uh, obviously, you know Matt Barnes. Everybody knows Matt Barnes. He played in the ABA. You know, hey, okay, uh, he, okay. Yeah, okay. he got drafted. He got drafted by Orlando out of UCLA. Didn't make it. You know, after some league, it was playing in the ABA. They, the 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 Clippers looking at somebody else, uh, uh, and then they he they he signed with them, and that's how he kind of got his career started in the NBA. So that people don't really know that story. Like he actually started in playing in that. You know, wow. going to yeah, and then got to you know where he was at. You know. Dope, dope, yeah. Matt Barnes is a great story, and he's a podcaster now, so shouts to him. You know, all of us, we know each other as podcasters. Like, when I met you on that rooftop, I was like, this guy knows how to converse, you know? And <laughs> part of that is because of you being a podcaster. So shouts to all the podcasters out there. Like, Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, myself. definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> and, and people don't know, like, folks, he, the studio he was at on his, on his Instagram, whoo! Balling, you, if you know. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. It wasn't my it wasn't my studio, but I hope to record there more often because that's a cra- the wind blue wire studios. Yeah, that is dope. No, no, it's so, insane. It's insane. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so, yeah. so you're in the ABA, right? You get your tape. You know, you play the whole season. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Okay, yeah. and and then after the, after the season, uh, what happens? An agent. Got a hands on my tape. I don't know if it's a while ago. I don't know if he found it somewhere or I got it through a third party to him. But he's like, you know, I think this could be some opportunity for you in Israel. Um, He actually wanted me to get my citizenship. I did that. Got my citizenship because that gives you a little more uh, wiggle room when it comes to roster spots. 
And um, yeah, he took me and four guys to Israel. We tried out with a whole bunch of teams, got signed, and you know, I was off to the races in Israel. Wow, you know what I'm saying? That's and like I said, I think that uh that's a hell of a thing, you know what I'm saying? Like uh it was, bro. Okay, let me tell you, you know the Vegas heat. It was like that, but I was in going from team to team in Israel, working out. You know, the food is different, different culture. It was definitely a grind, bro. It was a grind. I was out there just working out with a whole bunch of different teams. And uh, I signed the deal. So that was another, like, you know, you talked about, like, accomplishments. I just seen these little things, you know, over time that I feel like I was going in the right direction. No, man, that's a, that's a hell of a thing, I think, you know, just because uh, what you, you know, what you accomplished. was like, I mean, Israel is a hell of a league, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They got, when I was, when I was hooping overseas, like, I used to watch Maccabi Tel Aviv literally, like, like the Cosby show, it was on EuroLeague every Tuesday night, you know, with uh, they Anthony. Got, yeah. They got the budget. They got the budget. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, Anthony had, you know, Anthony Parker, you know, Candace Parker's and, good brother. Exactly. And I think he's actually has a front office job now in the NBA, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he does. He does. He yeah. does. He's like, yeah. you know, either director of personnel or something like that. But like, yeah. Back then, he was playing with Maccabi. And uh, they had a yeah. squat, you know what I'm saying? Like, they had him and this little short guy that had, like, a 40-inch vertical, William something. Bynum. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I remember him because he was – He was he, tough, bro. He would be dunking, How, dunking this, on this, NBA dudes. This is or, a good question. This is a good question I want to hear from you. How would you compare Bynum and Baron Davis? Uh, Bynum was sensational. Bynum was probably more like Nate Robinson. Baron okay. was six three. You know, Bynum that was, was the like, difference. Yeah, 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 yeah. Baron yeah, was yeah. six three, doing what Bynum did. You know, uh, yeah. Bynum was like more Nate Robinson. Like he was so little and like compact, like a running back, and then would yeah. come and just boom on the seven footers in the Euroleague. I so I was like, man, this dude is sensational. They yeah, had like yeah. a Euroleague top ten weekly or whatever. He was always in the top ten yeah, every week. It's tough to get uh yeah, he had some crazy dunks. I actually remember some of those highlights. It's it's crazy to um get those kind of numbers in Euroleague. Even it's even harder than the NBA in a lot of ways, right? Oh Just from, people know. don't realize like, dude, the European basketball, nobody's averaging 30 unless you're right. like in a smaller country. You right, know, right, like right. you know, like if you're in Sweden or, or if you you could average maybe like 23, but you're on a terrible team. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're the team where you score all the points. Yeah, exactly. Like you're, exactly. You're, European basketball, man, it's like they're not letting you score like that. Like one, they're not letting you score like that. Two, um, I felt like they the, the coaches they run an offense, so like they want that offense, you know, you know, in. So it's not going to be just coming out. Oh, throw it to Travis. Throw it to Andrew every play. Like no, nah, that ain't. We don't do match. They don't do matchups in Europe. They just. They just what they do is they they play the game and then within the game they do the yeah. matchup. You know what I'm saying? So uh that's how like I feel like Joker, Joker don't look like he could score 35 a game, I feel like, if he really just like, okay, I'm gonna focus on scoring, not passing. But he passes and gets like nine assists or ten assists, because that's how you remember how European big man play. Yeah. They play you and they're great passers out of the double team. They, they either score if you're playing them single, or they if you double team them, they're kicking it to Whatever they, they always had some like weird foreman that could really pass and he like plays weird from the top of the key. And, yes, like, yes. Has, and then the coach be here's the key to the team. The to the team. <laughs> and, and I mean, Jokic does some of that just at a way higher level, you know. Yeah, no. So I said like you know yeah. like people say I, I I used to watch I used to play against Jokic and obviously not as good as Jokic, but 
Like right, the, all, right, the, right. all the European dude, big dudes, like I had, you know, Serbian teammates and Serbian, like I wouldn't get service. So they was great passers. They would talk a lot of mess. They would tell me and, that, you know, Serbia was better than the USA and all this and that. So, yeah. And, and I played against a lot of Lucas. They just happened to be 5'11 and not 6'8. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know like, what like they, all the guards play like that. They're just smaller for the most part. Yeah, you know? yeah. They're not, and obviously they're not as big. Right, I right. watched Luca in the Euro League when he won it, uh, and I was like, "This dude is going to be sensational." Like, oh, man. I told people he should be the number one pick. It's not even close. People argue with me. It's, it's, he's too slow. I'm like, "Okay, yeah, we'll see." We'll <laughs> That's see. Not, I was like, "Dude," and I was I was telling him, "Yeah, I was, same thing." I was like, "He was like, dude." I was like, "Dude, he he won the MVP of the Euro League, dude. Like that's damn near harder than winning MVP of the NBA. Like, you don't yeah. understand how hard the Euro League is." At nineteen, yeah. like, like I got the like I have a podcast draft, so I got the receipts to be talking about this. So you know, no, no, you're right. That's what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like my 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 big brother, my homeboy. Shout out to Mike Batiste, right? He played on Pantanaikos, you know, uh, great club, great club. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah. you know, they won the Euro League four or five times in his career. Um, he, they won the Greek League, you know, eight or nine times or something like that. You know, he obviously he's a legend out there in Greece. And, uh, you know, like I said, like when I used to watch him and how they play, you know, like it was just like a different kind of game. And like I said, I just I just respect all players such as yourself who Thank played you. in those, you know, like, you know, big, big games in in Europe. Because people, people don't really understand, like, do those kind of like, you know, leagues and games is like a tough situation, you know. Firecrackers on the court, like all kinds of weird stuff. Dude, yeah. Like there was we we were in Croatia for the Ulip Cup. They were smoking in the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like there's this do. big smoke dust cloud. You can't breathe. Like, dude, this is impossible to win. I can't even breathe. That's the swag of uh, you know, that part of the world. Like the players with the coffee before the game, did they used to do that? With the- oh, dude. <laughs> Funny story about but, that. But bro, like their coffees used to be like this. Yeah, big, yeah, yeah. Their swag was crazy. Like they had some big jug. They would sit there with their legs legs uh, crossed. Yes, yes. And, yes. and just, you know, are we, about just, to, are we about to play basketball or have tea and crumpets? What do you? Yeah, exactly, right dude. Like I did that once with them. You know, when my you know my teammates they invited me down. It was whatever it was. It was a hundred percent caffeine one. Uh, where oh, it was like it was so man. strong. I have a heart attack after that. Yeah, shit. dude, dude. I, I I was up for two days. Like we had a game Saturday. I didn't go to sleep till Monday. You know, I was up literally for like thirty-seven hours straight or whatever it was, forty-eight hours straight. You know what I'm saying? So those dudes, those dudes are different, bro. They're different. No, no, definitely, definitely. So yeah. you know, obviously, we'll get back into your. So we can talk about this all day. Um, we'll get back to your story. So you played in Israel for eight straight years, right? You got your passport. It's so convoluted because I, I'm pretty sure it was eight straight years. There might have been one gap year in between, but pretty much eight straight. And then I ended up going to Denmark for a year. Mm, and okay. that was, yeah, I like that experience. That was a good experience. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But the fact, like I said, like, I was just, I just remember, I remember Israel. And like I said, at the time that I went there, it was just really, really nice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Really I mean, the, the nightlife was good. The food is good. Uh, most people speak English. But you know, there's de- there's definitely some adjustments. You know, it's the personality is different, right? So, you're you're interacting with people with a totally different personality than what you're dealing with in America, and especially in New York City. Even though many would say they're both blunt, but 
it's still very different. So I learned a lot. I think living overseas is so important because you learn more actually about where you're from, believe it or not, because you have perspective, right? Mm-hmm. You see different mm-hmm. kinds of people. So you know the people that you grew up with, how they are, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't have any perspective and this is all you know, you don't really know what you're growing up around in a way. No, I, I got you 100% on that. Like right now, you, I'm sure like you realize, oh, like in LA, it was like this, right? Like, you know, when you were overseas in Cali, mm-hmm. it was like this, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you wouldn't have that perspective. And I think your experience is amazing because, you know, you play, you played in more countries than me. So you saw all kinds of different cultures and foods and people. Yeah, man. That, no, yeah, man. I got it's you. Awesome. No, no, no. It was a, it was an experience. Like, you know, like you played obviously, you know, in a high league. So you stayed there for a while. For me, I was I was kind of like you know jumping around from country to country. Now well, I did I got, say in, I, I I played in in all kinds of leagues, bro. In Israel, I I definitely had time in the top league, but I played in all kinds of leagues, bro. So I know oh, where okay. you're coming. I know yeah. where you're coming from. And Denmark, you know, I played a year there, and that's not as good of a league as um some of the Israeli leagues. So I I know where you're coming from. Like it gets crazy, bro. It gets crazy. No, no, definitely, definitely. <laughs> no, um, but I want to I want to you know in that on part one of the episode. Uh, we're going to go back into your career on part two. I definitely want to say uh, shout out to Believe, you know what I'm saying? Because like I said, you know, him and me, I, small world, you know how we did it. But yeah. uh, we, we're going to go resume to part two uh, right in, you know, next week. So we'll talk to y'all back. Follow me at Travis W. Reed on Instagram. Peace. There it was, another episode of Combos Court is in the books. Big shouts to Travis for having me on his platform. It was great sharing my story on the athlete's journey. And be on the lookout for episode 505 Combo out.